As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The Whiskey Mistress, and it's her show, she knows about whiskey. Hi, this is Debbie Shoker on Believe in the Whiskey Mistress on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Gum whiskey. Today I want to talk about and taste and review for you an, an Irish whiskey. And I know probably most of you are very familiar with Jameson's Irish whiskey and possibly with Bushmills. Both of those are, are fine. But today I'm going to talk about one you probably haven't heard of. It's called Teeling. And uh, one of the reasons I want to talk about it, uh, among others, is that right now Teeling um, is doing some wonderful, wonderful things to to benefit for the benefit of the frontline workers in this pandemic um, issue that we all face across this fine world of ours. And uh, so, I want to want to uh, bring them to the forefront for a moment. The Teeling Irish whiskey, the Teeling family, the family history, it's it's deep in whiskey. It goes all the way back to 1782, and that's a long time back for me. Um, so Mr. there was a Mr. Wad, Walter Teeling. He set up a small craft distillery in the heart of Dublin City, and through the centuries, there are a lot of changes that have come about for the whiskey industry, especially in Ireland. And, and one of these days, I'll, I'll do a segment on exactly what Irish whiskey is and the history of it, because it's fascinating. But as far as Teeling is concerned, in 2012, the current generation of Teeling's brothers, Jack and Stephen Teeling, well, they jumped in with all four feet. There's two of them. They have four feet. And then they opened in 2015. 2015, the first new distillery in Dublin in over 125 years. And it was really just a stone's throw away from where Walter Teeling had his original distillery in 1782. So, Teeling Irish Whiskey. Um, one of the things I, several things I like about it. The, the, Teeling claims this as their, air quotes, flagship standard whiskey. And in an attempt to make it the most interesting blended Irish whiskey, uh, they mature it first in used bourbon barrels, yay America, followed by a blending 
and then further time in used rum barrels. Now I have two things to say about this, this lovely expression from Teeling. First of all, they are actively trying to make a whiskey that's interesting. And if you followed me for any amount of time, you know that if there's one thing I love, it's an interesting whiskey. So I really appreciate that sentiment. Second, if you look at their website or, or at their labels, they proudly and clearly state that the whiskey is non-chill filtered. That is so very important for maintaining a full flavor profile. Many of the largest producers of broad market whiskey, they'll chill filter their whiskey. I mean, they'll, they'll chill it before filtering their whiskey. Of course, you have to filter the whiskey before you bottle it because you have to remove any residual particles from the wood barrels. But the producers who chill their whiskey before filtering it, they do that to remove the oils that may cause any cloudy appearance when it's enjoyed on the rocks. It is strictly a cosmetic endeavor. Seriously, if you're stripping oils from the otherwise finished product, you know you're stripping at least some measure of flavor. So yay teeling! The Whiskey Mistress thanks you on both points. So let's get on to the whiskey then. Um, they have this beautiful, beautiful bottle. Uh, you know I was going to talk about the bottle, right? It's um, The glass bottle is so dark it's almost black and I have to say there, there are some spirits that I, I sort of question what's inside the bottle when they go to great lengths to make a beautiful bottle. But I have found that in whiskey that just simply is not the case and so I feel completely free to admire a pretty bottle. And this one's really cool. I find that anytime I, uh, I see a whiskey bottle that's black, it reminds me of a cast iron stove. I don't know why. But here we go, here we go. Here we go, listen, listen, listen. There we go, that's the sound. And I'm uh, gonna pour a little bit here in my fancy, fancy Glencairn tasting glass. Now what's the first thing we do? Do you remember? Okay, fine, we look at it. Uh, the color doesn't matter, I'm sure it's very pretty, it is. It's sort of a sort of a straw hay color. Very nice. Second thing we do, we're gonna nose the whiskey like we would a wine. Stick your nose way down in there. Take a smell. Oh, it's like your nose is getting drunk. Nose it again a couple more times, but nose it with your mouth open, and that way more of your sensory nerves are getting stimulated. Ah, uh, very nice. Very. Very nice. Uh, we've got aromas of like, like sweet milk, like, you know, like when you've had cereal and uh, vanilla. There's, there's malt and some uh, really nice bright aroma of orange. That's very nice. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna add about a half a teaspoon of water to this. And what that's gonna do is break through, break through the glycol components that congregate at the surface. And that's gonna release more aromas. So then, when I nose it again, ah, oh, that vanilla and orange, that's coming right, right to the top. And there's, there's a hint of grassiness in there. I like that in a whiskey, that little, just that hint of grassiness. Okay, so I'm gonna taste it. And you probably remember, I'm going to hold it in my mouth for four or five seconds. And if I could give you one hint in tasting whiskey, this is it. Hold it in your mouth four or five seconds. And that's going to assure that you'll be able to enjoy all the flavor and the full finish with 
zero or next to zero burn. So talk amongst yourselves. I'm sure you can think of something. Here I go. Hmm. You know, that surprises me. It's, it's spicy all over the top of my tongue. And, and that, that surprises me for an Irish whiskey. I didn't expect it to be uh, that volatile is not the word because it's, it's not volatile. I didn't expect that spiciness to come through. But the finish is really, really lovely. It's, I've, I've got this bright, it's like orange zest um, and, and, and it's cinnamon. And it fades to this, this lovely, it's like, it's like sweet marmalade on toast. Does that make sense? I love it when there's that toasty, toastiness in the finish of a whiskey. This is interesting. This is really interesting. I have to say, um, I really think Teeling is doing a fine job. They call themselves the spirit of Dublin. The spirit of Dublin, indeed. I highly approve. I would give this a solid, solid, be like an 85. Um, and it's only like like $28 from Total Wine. And, and that's another reason that I wanted to... Um, Another reason I wanted to talk about this one is because a lot of the whiskeys that I mentioned to you or that I that I taste here on the show, a, a lot of them are craft distillers and they may not be easily accessible to you. I know that uh, Teeling, several years back, they sold a, a minor portion of their, their stock to, uh, to Bacardi and they did that to enhance their distribution. So they've got a much broader distribution now in America, and I know that this Teeling small batch Irish whiskey should be readily available to you at your local Happy Juice store. So there, yeah. No, 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 I wasn't finished talking about Teeling, I'm sorry. I wanted to tell you how I thought it would be best enjoyed if, well, I would drink it on the, uh, I would drink it neat. Of course, it would be lovely on the rocks, but there's a couple of, uh, there's a couple of well-known cocktails that I think it would lend itself really nicely to. One of those, I think it's, I think it's rich enough to, to stand up to a Manhattan. And if you'd like to know how to make a Manhattan, please refer to last week's episode podcast where I tell you all about how to make your very own self um, a Manhattan. So I think that the Teeling Irish would stand up very well, uh, be a lovely Manhattan. But I also think, especially if you're sort of a whiskey novice, a whiskey beginner, and um, you, you, you tend to like you know, a little bit sweeter drinks, I think this one would make a marvelous, absolutely marvelous whiskey sour. And for those of you who don't know, a whiskey sour is equal parts whiskey and sweet and sour mix. And of course you can get that stuff from the bottle, stuff in the bottle from uh, your local stores, but it's so much better if you make your own sweet and sour. You can go online, uh, find a, a thousand billion recipes for your own homemade sweet and sour, or yeah, maybe I'll uh, tell you next week how to make your own, so tune in. go there. This very cool bar is right in my own backyard. I've known about it for quite a while, but I've never been. And I really don't know why, because this is absolutely a place I want to go. I am going to go when things normalize. 
It's called Idle Hour. I-D-L-E. Idle Hour. It's a bar in North Hollywood. Well, unlike any you've ever seen before. And it's called Idle Hour because when it was first built, um, it was supposed to be the place that the workers could go to enjoy their idle hour. (laughs) Uh, Well, what's so special about it? Okay, I'll get to that. But in the telling of its history first, I think you'll appreciate it all the more. You see, the Idle Hour Bar is it, it heralds back to an era surrounding World War II. There was, at the time, this really fun, unconventional, quirky form of architecture that it sprang up all over America. It was called a programmatic or mimetic design. And it, it was a type of commercial design in which the, buildings, the building form took on the image of what the business sold or maybe it just embodied the entire business's name and it was made to be unforgettable. Remember the old restaurant in Hollywood called the Brown Derby? Yeah, it was literally shaped like a brown derby hat. Or Randy's Donuts. That one is still there, complete with the giant donut. There was even an ice cream stand called Hoot Hoot Ice Cream. And ice cream is not ice cream. It's spelled out I scream. Hoot hoot, I scream. And it was in the shape of, yeah, you guessed it, an owl. Well, the whole purpose of programmatic commercial design, and there were a lot of them. It's a really fun subject to look at on the internet. Well, the purpose was to attract the attention of passers-by. And remember, this was a time when automobile traffic was really ramping up businesses only had a few moments to catch the eye of a prospective customer who was driving by and and they couldn't rely just on signs or anything like that. This was one of the ways they did it. So, idle hour. Can you guess? Come on, go ahead and guess. It's a building made in the shape of a huge, no, 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 not huge, enormous whiskey barrel. How cool is that? The uh, the building was commissioned in 1941 by a Mr. Michael D. Connolly, and he was a a film technician at Universal Studios, which which is just a hop, skip, and jump away from Idle Hour's location in North Hollywood. It was built by George Fordick, a brilliant engineer, and it actually was in business as a bar, they call it a a, a tap room, until the 1960s, when somehow, I'm not sure how, it it became a flamingo dinner theater. (laughs) And, And then for a while, it was actually the private home to a reclusive owner, and that's hard to find much information about at all. But like many things, this glorious giant whiskey barrel building it fell into sort of sad abandonment and disrepair. But, you know, I'm talking about it now, and I want to go there. So obviously there's a happy ending to this remarkable building story. In 2010, the Idle Hour building was designated a historic cultural monument in Los Angeles. Historic cultural monument number 977, to be exact. Wow, doesn't that make you 
want to know what the other previous 976 were, because that really piques my interest. Uh, seriously, it does. Anyway, the, the Idle Hour Barrel building has since been carefully and preciously reclaimed and refurbished by the 1933 group. That's a company that specializes in quirky, kitschy, historic restaurants and bars. And they spent three years um, refurbishing and, and making it its beautiful self all over again. So now, Idle Hour is shiny and new. It even has the original stained glass in the doors and the ceilings. Those remain. And there are photos of other programmatic architecture adorning the walls. And what else is really cool is on the back patio, they have erected a charming replica of another locally famous programmatic piece, the Bulldog Cafe. It's a, it's a pipe smoking bulldog that was the facade of the famous cafe from like 1928 to sometime in the 60s. So you get why I want to go there. Come on, look it up. The Idle Hour Bar in North Hollywood, 4824 North Vineland Avenue. And checking their menu, they have a really respectable assortment of what looks like yummy eats, a generous happy hour, and an impressive offering of what is, I mean, it's, it's obviously an assortment of craft cocktails that were designed by a knowledgeable barkeep, somebody who really, really understands the whole, um, the science and the loving process that goes into a good cocktail. And among them are a couple of whiskey drinks I would really like to try. One of them, let's see here, um, I've got high voltage. It's made with Monkey Shoulder, which is a remarkably good blended whiskey. Yes, blended whiskey. We'll talk about that another time. It's a blended scotch. Uh, Slain Irish whiskey, which is another very good Irish whiskey. Mint infused orja, lemon, and black walnut bitters. That's one I really want to try. And there was another one here that sounded really good. Oh, something they've got called a, a draft cocktail. And it's an old fashioned made with Old Forester 100 bourbon, sugar, and bitters. See, I want to go there and try those two drinks specifically. Yeah, a giant, shiny whiskey barrel. That's a happy, happy testament that even a dirty old barrel can have a glorious new life. Have you been there? Because if you have, draw me a line and tell me what you thought. Because, yeah, I want to go there. Interested in advertising on this show? Please contact Believe at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V dot com. Hey, this week, I want to take time to thank all the plant workers. All across this fine country of ours, and really all around the world, there, while some of us are staying safer at home, I like to say that instead of stuck at home, um... There are countless, countless people working, doing what they do in plants, uh, people who provide meat for us. And I know that there's a lot of news going on about um, the virus hitting plant workers in the meat packing industry. So our thoughts and prayers go out to them. But people working in those, those plants producing the, the things that, that we need manufacturing plants, the people, I have uh, I have friends who work in uh, a battery production facility. You know what? I've been stocking up on batteries. So thank you very much for that. Thanks to everyone who continues 
to do the fine work that they do so that when we come out of this, we're still okay. Thank you very much. And as I check my phone for my podcast notes here, there are a couple things I wanted to mention. Oh, I have this. This is so cool. So I normally do. I do whiskey tasting events. Um, and I, I guess I haven't talked about that much here. But I normally I, lead, I host whiskey tasting events, private events. I go to people's homes. I do corporate events. And it's so much fun. And I love doing it. But, of course, uh, during this this lockdown during quarantine that that isn't happening for me so much except guess what it is i got an email from um, a very nice man by the name of tony hi tony and tony has had had inquired if i could do an online whiskey party for him and for his buddies. He said during quarantine, uh, he's trying to do whatever he can to stay close to his buddies. And would I be able to set up a Zoom or Skype or some sort of online whiskey tasting party for him? Um, he said, I won't, I won't quote him exactly, but he, he has some colorful language in describing his buddies. And he said, they're actually just prevent, uh, pretentious, um, I'll say pretentious fellas who think they know a lot about whiskey. And uh, I, I just think that's so cool. Of course, I said yes, and we're working the details out. So as that gets closer, I will let you know. I think I've got the whiskey menu already prepared. So I'll tell you next week um, what the decision is on that. When I do, I'll just tell you now. When I do whiskey tasting parties, um, most of the parties I do are, are 12. We do a dozen and it ends up being 13, which sounds like a lot, but not the way I do it. And when I do a whiskey event, what's different about the way that I do it? You see, normally when you go to any sort of whiskey tasting event, it's very category centric. Uh, you go to a scotch tasting or you go to a bourbon tasting. Very often, it's hosted by a whiskey company. So what you're getting is several variations of that company's product. And what I like to do, because I like to teach people about whiskey, and I am not, not currently, uh, affiliated with any brand or distillery. So what I like to do is to set up the tasting so that you have a couple of, uh, a couple of Irish whiskeys next to a couple of scotch, next to a couple of bourbon next to a couple of craft American whiskeys, next to a couple of rye. I mean, this way you can taste the difference in the varieties. It's, it's like saying, you know, there's so many red wines, but the Merlot is so different to a Cabernet, which is so different to a Brunello. It, you know, all these different varieties of whiskey are worth trying side by side. And of course, I talk about them and I educate uh, the guests, my, my host and, and my host's guests about the varieties and the history of whiskey, blah, 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 blah. Like I said, I can talk about whiskey for two hours and not repeat myself. I do try to limit it <laughs> when I'm talking to a lovely group of people. But that's what I do. And so I'm really excited that Tony asked me to do this Zoom whiskey tasting party. And I'll keep you informed. Uh, let's see. Third on my list of uh, podcast notes is I got a, I got a question from, uh, from Laura in Oceanside. Hi, Laura. And she says, you mentioned vermouth in making a Manhattan. What is vermouth? Well, thank you for asking, Laura. Vermouth, it's, it's a fortified wine. It's an aperitif. Um, and usually uh, it, it's fortified. That means 
that means it's it's beefed up the alcohol contents beefed up usually by the addition of brandy and the most well maybe i'll do a segment sometime about vermouth um the, the, the most commonly found varieties of vermouth are um are um dry vermouth and sweet vermouth and the dry vermouth is what's normally used in uh making martinis although these days our tastes have changed and most people when they think they're drinking a martini what they're really drinking is um chilled vodka or gin in a fancy glass so they can feel terribly sophisticated while they're drinking it but that's another that's another story of true martini has a whisper of dry vermouth and yes there are some brands that are better than others um and I don't recommend having dry vermouth on its own. It, it, it will betray you. It's, it's a foul creature on its own. <laughs> but the other one is sweet vermouth. And as the name implies, it is sweeter. It's not sweet like candy or sweet like a... Uh, it's not sweet like a cordial or a liqueur, but it is considerably sweeter. Holds up really well and accentuates the flavor of whiskey, which is why we usually use the sweet vermouth in the making of a Manhattan, which is a whiskey cocktail. So that's the answer to that question. Remember, if you have any questions for the Whiskey Mistress, please email me. If you have questions, comments, if you want to correct something I've said, I don't mind that. You can drop me a line at believeinthewhiskeymistress at gmail.com. That's believe, B-L-E-A-V, in the whiskey, whiskey with an E, mistress at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Join me next week on Believe in the Whiskey Mistress, right here on the Believe Podcast Network. The Whiskey Mistress, and it's a show, she knows us. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.